Hello, and welcome to Deep Dive. Uh, I'm Jackson Russo. And I'm Adam Selby. Here on Deep Dive, we, uh, every other week, listen to uh, a full band's discography. Or, you know, we listen to a bunch of their music. It changes week to week, I suppose. Mostly studio albums, but yeah. yeah. Uh, this week we're doing a London-based band, Blur. Um, they're of Britpop fame. They're, uh, you know, Britpop is, you know, really only associated with about three bands. There's a fourth band that I have a lot of uh, feelings of why people call them Britpop. And but they're not. Yeah. Do you know who it is? I think you're talking about Radiohead. Yeah, that... I can kind of see how the bends is Britpop, but man, they get labeled as Britpop sometimes, and that really pisses me off. But, um, so Blur, uh, most people might know them from Damon Albarn, who is also known for being the Gorillas, or mm-hmm. half of the Gorillas, but he's the musical side of Gorillas, with Jamie Hewlett being the Yeah, this, art. this is the band he did before starting Gorillas that a lot of people will know. So Yeah, and I'll get into uh, my feelings on gorillas and whatnot and his projects later but that's what most people know blur from uh, and also yeah. you've probably heard some of their songs even you've if you definitely don't heard one song you've definitely heard one of them i mean we'll just go ahead and get into it but damon albarn and also uh their guitarist graham cox and those are the two biggest members that people know but then you have alex james and dave roundtree roundtree yeah sure yeah that's the uh, best way they have eight albums they put out seven of them and then took like a 12 year break so yeah i mean uh, it's kind of interesting in that regard yeah from 91 to 2003 and then they came back in 2015 no i think they came back before that and did some shows but yeah 2015 i think but we'll go ahead and start because we did all eight albums and this will probably be a little longer one uh so i guess just start with the first album in 91 leisure um I would say this album, I wrote down a list of, you know, songs that stood out from albums. Mm-hmm. And I would say this album, uh, nothing stood out to me. It's a good album, but nothing consequential. Yeah, the first time I listened to this, I didn't have any notes at the end of it. Because uh, I didn't have any songs that stuck out. I didn't feel like there's anything really significant. It kind of, I mean, it is very much the same kind of music that they end up making later but yeah just it's very nothing. obvious it's their first album and it's not an incredible first album or anything so yeah i, I feel like first me. albums can go one of two ways with bands like this they're either really good yeah. or they're just kind of like nothing which is kind of how radiohead was uh i mean their first album is shit and you know then they became who they were i don't even know which album was the first album Pablo Honey with Creep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I mean, there's a song or two on there I like, but overwhelmingly I don't like it. Um, but so I mean, this... And this isn't surprising either, because if you look at what critics thought of this album when it came out, it's not very good. Like, they're, none of them were excited about it or anything. Um, it's not bad. It's and just... the band even considers it to be one of their worst albums, so... That's fair. I like it when I bands do that. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, stick by your work, but I think it's interesting hearing what they think. No, you can change over time, and 
they definitely find their sound in the next album if we want to just go ahead and go right to that so yeah bands have opinions too um but yeah i just guess we'll go ahead and go on to the second album uh in 93 modern life is rubbish um so did you have songs that stuck out to you on this one oh yeah every album except for the first one i had songs that stuck out um star shaped i believe was my favorite and then blue jeans and miss america um one of the things and i guess it came out in the album before but comes out in this album and the next album the the next album specifically they're just kind of unashamedly british which it, it very much comes out yeah they really embrace it um and i know reading about it when we were listening to all this they got a lot of public backlash for how this album was different from the first one <laughs> and people didn't like that um sounds like but it's i mean it's a better sound and yeah it, uh, it, the, the album as a whole was all really good i think yeah it feels so. like it comes to into their swing and yeah i've i did notice that most of their albums were they weren't really short like i don't know they average yeah they're like, all all about an hour yeah like 15 track songs or 15 track albums and sometimes you know there'd be interludes or like this one has a this one has a couple instrumental a, like interludes things yeah going on, which, has a two and a half minute intermission which those uh which is you know the uh instrumentals which kind of foreshadows what they do later heavily because yeah. later they really get into that yeah, kind of stuff i was gonna say the instrumentals on here that i mean i really enjoy uh they kind of give you a look at what the band is going to do especially in like their last like three albums where they get really into that um there's only one song on here that i wrote down that stood out was advert which i think really is a good example of their sound at this point so yeah um so the cover of the album is just a uh, train on a track and i'm looking at the wikipedia right now and they have a picture of the actual train which is kind of funny that's kind of cool yeah um so then the next album uh which came out in 94 and i'm pretty sure topped a lot of 94 lists you know yeah it definitely should have if it didn't i so i'm a big fan of this band but i don't really know what is kind of cornerstones of their career other than the obvious ones but if i were to make an assumption i would say this is probably what you know kind of stood you know brought them out to stardom yeah i mean i think they were always commercially successful from the very first album did we say the name of the album uh park life park life no we didn't <laughs> um uh, i mean i really like this album i think it's probably my favorite of theirs yeah uh just as a whole piece um it's close to my favorite because there's kind of two different sounds of blur there's the for their, I'd say, first five albums, what is like the kind of, when you think of Britpop, the quintessential Britpop sound. And of the Britpop albums, it's this one and the next one that I would say are, you know, my favorite, but the next one is definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then the last three albums are, I don't know what you would call that, but... They're very different, but, I mean, it's still obviously the same band. Yeah, so... But very much that thing of uh, experimenting and yeah. moving in new directions. Um, I, I think because we talked about 
you know, the idea of which albums people listen to, I think this has to be up there and we'll get more into that later. But I didn't, whenever I was listening to this out or all these, uh, albums, it was kind of funny because like the whole week it was raining here in Texas. So it was perfect, like shit weather simulating British weather. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, Oh, it's, you know, this is kind of perfect, but not that it's really relevant. Um, but I did, it was funny. I was listening to another podcast where for some reason, uh, blur came up and they were talking about, um, what were they talking? Well, they just got talking into blur and they were talking about when the kind of nice thing about blur, um, is they try new things on each record and when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But when it does work, it's like, it hits a really high note. Whereas, you know, oasis you're not getting the same album over and over again it's pretty similar yeah yeah you know what you're getting when you listen to an oasis album there's a couple records from blur that i was just like oh i kind of didn't expect that and when reading into them i see kind of why but you know that's the cool thing about them but uh this one yeah there was a ton of um yeah ton of songs that i liked end of this century park yeah park life that song Mm -hmm. is it's so hard to explain it i think i'll probably put yeah we can put a little i'm gonna put a little tidbit of it in here but it's just once again unapologetically british who's that cut lord marching you should cut down on your pork life mate get some exercise Um, bad head to the end and yeah, to to the end was when I wrote down. I mean, it has a lot of sounds like like Bowley from the eighties, which yeah. is kind of interesting to see pop up. And then trouble in the message center, yeah, yeah. And they spell center the English way, which kind of nice. Probably the right way. Yeah, I mean, I like it when people call out uh, British people for saying like, "Oh, why did they say you know, uh, you know." whatever this way and it's just like well that's the right way to say it they came up with the language yeah they can kind of make the rules then so (laughs) they were here before us um so do you want to go on to yeah and then the next album the great escape 1995 yeah it was also i just realized my zipper was i hope you could hear that (laughs) down this whole time um but the next album great escape in 95 which if you look at this they come out with these albums pretty quick and yeah especially the last the not the last the first five albums are all yeah it's 91 93 yeah. 94 95 and then the next one's 97 99 yeah it's it's pretty crazy but uh the greatest especially escape- for how like consistently good they are i think because even if like you know we talked about the first album we didn't have anything that stood out to us it's still a good album yeah like, um so this album it's good. I didn't really feel there was too much that really stood out. Uh, the song "The Universal" is one of their, you know, big hits, and it's different for them. So I kind of yeah. liked it. Um, yeah, there's a couple of songs on here that stood out as being different. Yeah. But overall, I think it's just packed full of great songs, like as a whole piece. Like, yeah, I don't know. All of it works really well. Nothing 
individually stands out because it's not all super weird but yeah and that's the thing is the only things that stood out to me is the universal because i already knew that song really yeah. well because it's one of their hits and then uh so i wrote that down and then the instrumental ending to yuko and hero i really like that not so much the beginning of the song but the instrumental ending i think this is where kind of you know they started having a ton of instrumentals in it yeah and i think i may be wrong there they i mean they kind of did back like honestly anything after the first two albums but they really like lean into it with uh this album and the next album as well which i wonder Um, if that's a full band effort or if that's kind of dave and albarn because i would think it's probably mostly him but yeah because if you know anything about damon albarn he's a really prolific guy just releases he has solo music he has um i forgot the other band that he's in but uh gorillas and then blur but that other band that i'm for, forgetting what they're called i'll probably look it up in a second I mean, but all the tracks are credited as written by the full band but that doesn't mean they actually were well yeah i think yeah i it's best to move on i suppose because yeah, we don't <laughs> actually know the details but yeah, so you then can definitely see them starting to play around with that. The next album is in 1997, Blur. So their self-titled album. I think this is the album that most people know. Um, it it at least has the song that everyone knows. Oh yeah. So I started writing down. Um, I started writing down tracks that I liked, but then I started realizing I was writing down every song. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just stopped. But the first two songs are by far, you know, some of the, there's like two biggest hits or, yeah, yeah Beetle well, and, Bum and Song 2. And Song 2, I think it's great. I don't care if it's overplayed. Yeah. Because it's not like a Modest Mouse situation like last week where, uh, they're, you know, their most overplayed hits that are like, that kind of ruins it yeah. for people. But the song is just really good. I 100% so. agree on that. Listening to this song, you know. You've heard it everywhere. Um, I think this will be the song I put at the very beginning. Just because, yeah, because everybody knows it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a great song. Um, and yeah, it's really played everywhere. But uh, yeah, um, this album is from front to back amazing. Yeah, it's um, another one that every song is great. Yeah. I mean, I thought that about the last one too, but... I don't know, two in a row, that's pretty great. So it's yeah, it's incredible. Um the uh, I, I want to mention the the very last song, Essex Dogs. Yeah. That song is a great ending track. Yeah, and it's eight minutes long. Yeah, and I like long songs, so that's yeah that's part of that. But um it really works and it doesn't feel like it's going on forever. What's nice here is uh track four, M O R. It's uh written by Blur, David Bowie, and Brian Eno. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was going to mention that because I mentioned that song sounded like Bowie, and then they ended up working with him. So, <laughs> uh, Right here it says in 98 at the NME Awards, Blur received a nomination for Best Album, but it lost to Radiohead's OK Computer. I think that's a fitting album uh, to lose to. Yeah, I think that's okay. <laughs> but still, it, it's cool. and That's a great year for music, especially British music. But from front to back, this album is great, and this is... Let me. This is, I would say, I think it's their probably la- their most popular album, and then also, yeah, what you were gonna say, yeah, I think this is their last like 
very Britpop yeah. album. Oh, and what I was going to... Which s- is kind of... I mean, it's cool to go out on top if you're going to do oh, that yeah. and then change your sound, so... What uh, I was going to say about um, Song 2, so what's crazy about Blur, and people may not know this about them, but, you know, they're huge in Europe. They're, of course, huge in the UK and Britain, but uh, they're just huge in Europe in general. But whenever they would be playing stadiums, you know, to thousands of people when they would be playing in Europe. But uh, whenever they would come to America, they'd be playing tiny, you know, clubs and stuff like that. So I, th- they just kind of decided, okay, well, America is not our audience. So they didn't really come over here much at all. If I don't think they came here after realizing that. Um, but they noticed this was around the time, you know, that grunge is making a huge thing. And that was a very American thing, you know, Seattle and all that. But, uh, they wrote song two to make fun of, uh, that grunge thing. And, uh, they were just kind of like poking fun, you know, and that's their biggest song in America. It's their biggest song in general, but that's, mainly that's in America. That's kind of fitting, honestly, for American music. It's very funny that yeah. they wrote it as like kind of a tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, well, this would get us big in America if we wrote a song like this. And guess what? It did. It did, and it's only two minutes long. So. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's sweet. So I would say that this is the end of their, like, you know, Britpop sound. I mean, yeah, it's still it, in the it, rest of their music, but yeah. yeah, it still is. But it's very clear. You can see where like Rilla's comes from, starting with the next album. Like, yeah, the next... where he's taking his music, and I mean, the rest of the band goes with him, obviously, so they're fine with it. But yeah, the next album is called Thirteen. Um, this one, like every song, is pretty long on it, right? If I remember that, no, not every song, but. The first song, Tender, which is a really good song. I remember it started, and I was like, oh, this is going to be too long. I don't like this. And then once it gets in the swing, I really liked it. That was uh, the first single off of it, actually. So Yeah. That's, I mean, pretty bold, right, for yeah doing a long single. but The songs that stood out to me on this are Coffee and TV, obviously, mm-hmm. Trim Trab, and No Distance Left to Run. I love Coffee and TV. I am gonna go ahead and say it that's my favorite song by them i love that song it's so good either that or beetle bum but coffee and tv is great um which i didn't yeah, really that's probably the highlight of the album for me yeah i mean I, I don't dislike any of it it's just that stands out specifically as a great song especially after um the opening track tender so yeah and i which uh, is a good good song too so I didn't realize this, but Coffee and TV is not sung by Damon Albarn. Oh, really? Yeah, it's sung by Graham Coxon, hmm. the guitarist. I um, I get the impression that Blur is mainly the two of them uh, working together, but the whole band, obviously, but they're the the big part of the band. Yeah, um, I mean, they do have, when there are specific tracks credited to people, it's the two of them Yeah, rather than the full band. So, so I, I didn't realize that it was him until i listened to um or i was watching a live performance of them i think they were playing the london olympics like a full set not just one song and he started singing i was like oh shit Hmm. didn't know that that's great um but yeah this is a really good album it's definitely a departure which if you get sick of the brit pop this is probably 
the next this album and the next album are the one to go to. And yeah, you're if you're listening to all these in a row like we did, then it's kind of nice actually because you get a break from yes all the Brit poppiness of the first note five albums. So. Yeah, and I'd say this album and the next two, next album are they kind of depart from that. And then the last album is kind of a mesh of both of them, mm-hmm. which it's nice. It kind which of is has cool because it came after that long break, so it it, has it almost a, makes sense too. It kind of encapsulates the whole yeah, like both the sounds from both eras. If they were to never release an album again, I would say looking at this, it has a nice arc. It's like five albums of a very specific sound that they're known for and then two albums that kind of depart from that and then come back and, and it's the best of both worlds up. yeah yeah so i would say you actually if, don't know are they still yeah they're still doing together. stuff yeah uh they are um so i read something about uh it was around this time and before that that there there is a big uh if you don't know about this there is a big um rivalry um between oasis and blur it was very much a beatles rolling stone thing or beatles led zeppelin um those stupid things except it was actually you know the bands were shit talking each other and the gallagher brothers are assholes so very obvious Um, i mean that that makes sense and everybody knows that yeah but um so it kind of went apparently um so it became kind of this battle and blur was always kind of winning and then uh oasis came out with their second album what's the story morning glory which is their huge one with all the hits and people started saying like because the thing about Britpop is what i've understood and of course i'm american so i can't really speak to this is it the big thing about it is it wasn't like oh this is pop music and that kind of stuff and it's only for england but it's mainly for the working class, which is how it... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so if you listen to the music, it kind of, you know, it has that... Any Britpop fan, it has that kind of feel of, like, you know, we know what it's like to work for what you have. There's no none of that posh attitude or anything like that. It's yeah. very much, you know, hanging around with your mates. Um, but apparently somewhere around this area i don't remember which album but the late 90s uh people uh damon albarn was kind of like the poster boy of you know the working class and he was always writing about you know being that and you know speaking for those people and then people kind of turned on him once oasis came out and said you know like oh how can you be one of us if you know you're in one of the biggest bands in uh uk and apparently according to the rest of the band that was like really hard on him that it was kind of like an identity crisis which i imagine to have all these people loving you and then uh, then like overnight turn on you yeah which they came back but i can imagine uh i mean fame is a weird thing but he seems like a pretty grounded dude regardless um but yeah we can uh move on to think tank which came out in 2003. Um, and then was their last album for 12 years. So Yeah. Uh, this album, I could say a good amount about... Uh, I think, I guess I'll just go with my overall impression. It's a very different sound. It's continuing their the evolution that they started with the last album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it didn't leave much of an impression with me. So It's really funny. I 
kind of expected that from you. And um, I would say this is probably one of my favorite albums by them, hmm. if not my favorite. Um, it's definitely different. And it kind of, if you listen to this, you can tell where the gorillas came from or that yeah, this I think, was I think this and the last album, like you can see it where he's going to get there. I don't remember. I just don't think this album really like stuck with me for some reason, but maybe I need to listen to it again to I don't, have that. I don't remember the, um, the, uh, timeline of the I mean, gorillas. Gorillas was, uh, was a band by like, this point. Yeah, I know that, but when did their first album come out? 99, 2000? Oh, it's one of those. So this came out in 2003. So I would say, honestly, it probably the Gorillas influenced this, which is funny that I uh, like it so much because I'm not a huge fan of the Gorillas. So. Which, that's interesting because I am a fan of the Gorillas and I don't like this album. So Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because it feels like it doesn't belong with the rest of their discography. But I'm not going to get into it. Uh, right now or i won't go into a huge diatribe about it because i have a feeling one day you're gonna pick the gorillas maybe i don't know uh i'm never gonna pick them but uh i'll just give a quick rundown of how i feel about them i think the idea of you know the whole art project of it is cool um i guess it was executed well in the first album and then after that it really became it was just about the music, so that kind of died. It wasn't a concept anymore, which even Jamie Hewlett said. And that's why they've yeah. taken uh, so many long hiatuses is because Jamie Hewlett's like, this isn't about me. Why am I even doing it? It takes so much time, and no one cares about it. But um, I... The- I Gorilla's first album was 2001. So okay. This was, yeah, right around the time they were probably writing this. He was probably also writing... Yeah. Um, uh, think tank so. yeah um so how i feel about the gorillas musically is their best songs are when it's only uh damon albarn i think they lose me with all the um uh, what, what would you call that the collaborations some of them i really like, like yeah, obviously I, I could agree with that I obviously mean, i like feel good ink but i mean yeah that the album that that's on is pretty close to perfect i think I would disagree, but it's, but, a, I mean, it's a good album. Their their later stuff, they get more into uh, the collaboration stuff where it's just kind of like showing off like who we could get. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do like them, but it's not a band that I listen to a bunch. But, but it is I funny s- that I don't like this album then. Yeah. As I said, I'm not going to go and I could talk trash about them all day. Not talk trash, but like go into why I'm not a huge fan because I know people are diehard about them, which is funny. A lot of people who love the gorillas have no clue about Blur, which is yeah, just that's, nuts. Yeah, that's weird to me, because... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really know which band I listened to first, really, exactly. Uh, it was but definitely it the was, gorillas for it, me. It was probably gorillas, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I, overall, I like Blur more. Uh, but... Just, oh, you know, not this album, which is, you know, whatever it is. So Overall, I like all the songs on this album, uh out of time is the single on the album it's just it's a really good song uh good song sweet song and battery in your leg those are all great songs those are the standouts for me but um it's funny did you have any standouts no No. (laughs) well part part of that again in case you haven't listened to other episodes of this i'm really bad at listening to individual songs and paying attention to when they're playing because i just listen to a full album and that's that's it 
So it's, it's harder for me to pick up uncertain song titles and stuff. But I mean, yeah. I, I won't say any of this album was bad or anything. It was just like it didn't stick with me. So. That brings up a good question. How are you, when you listen to this stuff when we're doing this? How do you do this? Do you just listen front to back and make sure you're able to, or is there points where you'll like get halfway through the album, stop, and then listen to half of it later? No, I don't stop if I'm listening to an album. Okay. I've done it both or ways. If, if I do, I have to go listen to the whole thing again. Yeah. Uh, but that's just kind of always been how I listen to music is just always front to back and I'll plan what I'm doing around like if I'm going to be able to listen to the whole album or not. Yeah. Rather than like pick it up and stop. And Yeah, I do. That, so Mostly I do that, but there was stuff like on The Modest Mouse where I was like, this is too long and I, it's such a drag that I that, have to the take The last a album, I did take a break. Yeah. For um, Modest Mouse, so. But yeah, I was just curious how you were doing this. But uh, what's interesting, a big reason why this uh, this was different is because before, or this album was different, is before they um, went into the studio, um, Graham Cox and the guitarist, he was uh, in rehab. And he came out of rehab and he went to the studio to work with them. But there was a bunch of tensions between that, between the band um so he only recorded i think on one or two songs maybe i think only one song um but so that's kind of why it sounds different it's noticeably less guitar and more sampled it's really laid back so that's probably a huge reason why it sounds different is because graham coxon is really he doesn't have a footprint on it for the most part yeah that. I didn't know that until now, but that's interesting and kind of probably does explain a big part of it. Yeah, and it probably has a huge reason why they took that hiatus. Right, yeah, um, that too. When they went on tour for this album, uh, they had the uh, the Verve's former guitarist and keyboardist, uh, Simon Tong, filling in for Coxon. I'm, by the way, I'm reading this off Wikipedia, so don't say I'm plagiarizing. Uh, I am not ashamed of being reading this but uh but also if it's wrong it's not your fault so but yeah um <laughs> uh Alvarn and the band kind of later said that uh the shows were not good mm-hmm. uh later they didn't say it during but they said notice and this is kind of like i feel it's kind of sweet to hear this from them as they said it just wasn't and like they were all quoted as saying it just wasn't the same same touring without coxon whereas you know you hear other bands where they're just like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. We kicked him out, that kind of thing. But they all... Yeah. And then on top of that, now that they're back together and when they were just doing reunion shows and stuff like that, they um, they don't play any songs from this album because Coxon wasn't on it. They play one song that, that and they don't sense. play it all the time. And that's That makes the, sense, though, because if they're going to do the whole... Yeah, everything that the band worked on, because there are a lot of these songs on on most of the albums that are credited to the whole band. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's not exactly normal for how this was done. So yeah, the only song that they play off this album uh, live anymore is "Out of Time," and they don't always play that. And as I said, which it's kind of nice. It's nice of them to be like, you know, it, you weren't on this album. We're not gonna play a yeah. ton of it. So uh, that also could be that they maybe just don't think some of these songs work live. And I, I could see that being the case. Cause I don't know. It is more very much. It's an album that should be listened to like front to back. Yeah. So then here 
they take a hiatus from 2003 to 2008, but they didn't release a new album until 2015. Um, yeah, so 12 years. Probably should have looked up why they took the hiatus or broke up. I didn't look that up either. And then look up why they got back together, but I didn't. So this new album came out in 2015, and I remember this coming out um, because I think this is the only album that whenever it came out, I was aware of it coming out. It's called The Magic Whip. It's an interesting album cover. No, really the, like the album it. art is awesome. Yeah. I think it's great. It's hard to explain why it's good, but it's just it, cool. It'll be in your podcast app. Yeah. Um, but it's called Magic Whip, and I don't know. It just, like, overall, from front to back, it's a pretty great album. Uh, I put in... Once again, I have like six songs here. Uh, New World Towers, Ice Cream Man. Yeah, Ice Cream Man yeah. is is one of the one of the two I wrote down that stood out. Yeah, thought I was a spaceman. I broadcast my terracotta heart and ghost ship. Yeah, I mean, there's as I said, there's a nice uh, mesh of both of Bo- their both sounds, styles. Yeah, which is really cool. And there and there still is lots of. Uh, stuff that feels new and like they're experimenting again with doing other new, different things for them. Yeah. Even from uh, those two sounds. Uh, there's another song I want to mention that I, I thought was probably my favorite on here. Go out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know why, but it just, I don't know. It feels like a good combination of both the sounds that we, we've been talking about. And then it's, what was the first single? If that helps. That makes sense actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, this wasn't. This is a really good album, and as I said, if they were to just say like, "Oh, we're not going to release any more records," like this would be a good career ending. Yeah, it's a high note album. for yeah. sure. And you know, it's been um, almost four years since this has come out. Um, came out in April of 2015, but um, yeah, it's just a great album and. Yeah, there's really not any songs that stood out as being bad or anything. Yeah, and there's not any that are like too long or anything either. The uh what is it? Uh Thought I Was a Spaceman is the longest song, but it really doesn't what's funny, stick out for that reason. So when we came up with this idea of doing this uh podcast, I kind of thought, you know, oh, I'm gonna do bands that I love and I'm gonna be able to talk about them. But it's kinda I don't find myself being able to talk about the albums I love as easily as i can talk about albums that i have some critiques on or yeah. you know i don't know it's it's just weird i it, it's hard to say any more about this album other than just go listen to it yeah i think i mean do we want to get into what people should listen to if they've never i have one more to thing band? to say about this album and then we can move into that is that so back on the uh part idea of you know they never had huge widespread success in america um whenever this album came out everyone was like, oh, are you guys going to come tour uh, America? Because uh, Damon Albarn has had so much success with the Gorillas, and there will surely be some bleed over. And they said, well, that depends as we'll wait and see what the album sales are. And then if it sells well in America, we'll come tour America. I'm assuming it didn't sell as well. Yeah, because I don't think they did, right? They came and played a couple shows in New York City. I think they played like it's two or three, and then that was it. And that was mm. those were their first shows in New York for I think it was like ten years, something like that. 
her first shows in the U.S. Right. for like 10 years. So I mean, if you think about it, though... It's cool that it's, they did that, though. Apparently, for, it was a tiny club. For bands... Well, that actually, that's really cool. I would have loved to go to that. Yeah, it sold um, out immediately. It's, it is interesting, though, when bands from outside of the U.S. come and tour where everybody gets mad that they didn't go to their city or whatever, but they only go play in like a couple cities in most of these countries. Yeah, I love it, that. It's really weird if bands come here and play a bunch of dates here. I like that um, whenever people got mad at Trent Reznor for this most recent tour of like, oh, you know, I can't come out to, you know, drive all the way out to buy tickets and then drive all the way back right, to yeah. come to the show. And he responded, Trent Reznor responded just basically saying like, I grew up in a nowhere town and if I wanted to go see, you know, I was always pissed off that, you know, all my favorite bands were playing in New York and I couldn't, you know go there and like there's you so like that's just how it is that's how it's always been and i, I can't change that like i he's not gonna go play nebraska yeah i mean <laughs> he shouldn't go play nebraska either probably but yeah <laughs> it's just, but it is like i don't know the the ticket thing is as much as i like the idea like we've talked about this before on the on the show probably too it should i be like the idea of going to go buy you have to go buy tickets there but you have to make them online. Like if you if you're expecting people to go drive five hours to go to your show, they shouldn't have to drive five hours to go get a ticket as well. Because um, that's just it's a pain in the ass. There should so. be some form of like writing, writing, like voting. Like if you have an excuse, you're mm. at least uh, yeah. two hours away. That kind of thing. That'd be funny. Or they but, can set up little uh, like pop up ticket shops or something, but they didn't yeah. do that. And they still sold out. So yeah, it's that's not a, a whole problem, other but. thing. Um, so yeah, what would you say? People, if they were going to get into, if they didn't want to start, we're going to try and do this from now on and say uh, what album or albums we think you should start on if you don't want to go from uh, first album to last like we have been doing. Right. Not necessarily like our favorite album. Yeah. I mean, it probably will be in a lot of cases. it probably will be. um, Yeah. For me, I think Park Life is probably a good introduction to them that or modern life is rubbish. If you're going for their, the older, more Brit poppy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I do think their most recent album is probably a really good intro to, I don't know if I agree. It's a good intro. Well, I yeah. guess maybe not a good intro, but it's, it should be one of your first, like, yeah, if you listen to it and you don't like it, then you probably aren't going to like any of it really. Like, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, for, this is, how I'm going to break this up. If you really like Britpop music and you are into Oasis and stuff like that, and if you're into Oasis, you've probably listened to Blur. But if that's not the case, um, uh, I would say if you're going to go for that kind of rock, if you're a rock fan, I guess that's a better way of saying it, and you like Britpop, um, I would say listen to their self-titled album, Blur. That would be a first thing to go to. It's a really good introduction. Yeah, yeah it has I could everything. Do, I could agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then it has the hit songs that you're going to recognize. If you're a Gorillas fan and have listened to some Blur, you've listened to like Park Life and stuff like that, the song Park Life, and you're just like, oh, I I don't like this at all. Um, check out check out Think Tank. That that is a good intro, and then go from Think Tank to maybe the Magic Whip or go to Thirteen, and if you like those kind of regress back backwards yeah Yeah. 
because maybe you'll appreciate it that way. But if you're a Gorillaz fan and haven't clicked, I would say start with Think Tank. That's a good place to start because it is very much Damon Albarn, like very obviously him. Um, anything else you want to... I mean, overall, I love Blur. I love yeah, there's not, there's not an album that's bad. I really I like... I mean, it's, it's not like Modest Mouse where we just both hated yeah. their most recent album. Yeah, uh, I, I love Britpop. It is a very interesting, you know. It's just enjoyable to listen to. It's I not mean. really a thing anymore. So that's what's yeah. interesting about it is it, it very much had its time. It's like grunge, whereas like it had, it's like 20 years maybe, and then it was gone. I think grunge, grunge was gone quicker than that. But Yeah, definitely. Um, And that's not to say there aren't Britpop bands out there and grunge bands out there, but I mean like the mainstream in your face. Um. What I really like about Britpop is there's a handful. Of, uh, there's a lot of bands, but a handful of bands that you should listen to. Yeah, that if you haven't listened to, then you're you're missing out on something. Even though like I don't yeah. like Oasis that much, but mm-hmm. like I've listened to them. So so uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about them before we decide the next band we're listening no. to? No, uh, it's your choice next, right? It so. is, and I had a ton of bands in mind, but. Since we listened to Blur, I uh, think it's only fitting to listen to Oasis. and um, Which is great, because I just mentioned I'm not much of a fan <laughs> of Oasis. So. Yeah, and but that's the thing is, so that since they're the two bands that everyone associates with Britpop, I would probably say Oasis, depending on how long we do this uh, series, uh, I would probably have picked Oasis at some point. So I think it's only fitting to do it now. Uh, I was going to suggest that we uh, do, you know, Blur, Oasis, and Pulp, which are like the three big bands Mm -hmm. from Britpop. But I started listening to Pulp on my own, and their first couple albums are garbage. And I was just like, I can't do this. There's a reason that people mention these other two Yeah, there's a reason why Pulp is only huge in England. But their song, Common People, is amazing. Um, so yeah, the, the Oasis has seven albums. We're gonna listen we'll to do all seven again. Yeah, or so, not again, but yeah, and we'll get into the whole thoughts of this later um, with Oasis, and we'll. I think it'd be fun for us to definitively say who we both think is the better Britpop man. Not that that matters. You can like them both, as I do. I'm, I think it's pretty clear to me who I like better. But uh, we're gonna listen. Radiohead. Yeah, Radiohead. <laughs> We're going to listen to uh, all seven albums uh, from 94 to 2008. Um, we're going to... Oh, man. I, I'm going to look up a bunch of the... Ant- There's going to be a whole section of how much of assholes the Gallagher brothers are. If you yeah, don't know... Yeah, we yeah. have to talk about that. It's going to be... I think that's going to be a good episode, even if we don't enjoy all the albums. And that's the thing, is I really like Oasis, but I'm very much the oasis fan that's only heard their first two albums so it'll be interesting to listen to the other I five honestly don't know which of their albums i've listened to i know i've listened to the first one the first I can, two that's the, the only ones. one i can say i definitely have listened to i've heard songs from the other ones but I've, I've probably heard songs from the other ones but yeah well in terms of listening like front to back it's probably just the first one yeah so uh next week oasis and when she lets me slip away 